In a Sorrento Valley lab, scientists are growing fish fillets in a way that could change the way we eat. Blue Nalu is using science to tackle the problem of creating sustainable, ethical meat. As consumers slowly warm up to these new waves of foods, think the Impossible Burger, the next step is seeing if alt meat can make it in the market as well. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Brittany Miling, you cover startups for the Union Tribune. And over the weekend, you had a story about this company that is doing something incredible with fish cells. Why don't you explain what is this new science? Uh, so this company, they're called Blue Nalu. Um, they're actually creating fish uh, tissue. It's actually the muscle and the fat of, of like a fish fillet. And they're creating this outside of the fish's body. So they're doing this in the lab. So this is something that is meat because, of course, it is animal tissue, but it kind of seems to follow what's happening with vegan food, of using science as a way to create something different. So when you explain, what was the journey that brought this startup to create this science for food? Well, I mean, like we've heard a lot about like the Impossible Burger, right, and Beyond Meat. So there's been this, this big wave recently of food tech is what they call it. Most of the time, that's plant-based, uh, like vegetarian creations, where they they still are made in a lab, but they're made with, you know, like potato and wheat protein, and so that's been a huge hit. And so for the last couple of years, there's been some advancements. And okay, if people are open to the idea of this, the idea of this alternative meat product, what if we could do this in a different way, where we're actually having real meat, but we're just producing it differently? Uh, so that's what this company is doing, and they're not the only one working on it. Um, but it's still kind of, we don't know how, if it can work in a large scale or if consumers will, will like how it tastes. Yeah, and it's still in development. But when you explain the process that they use mm-hmm. to create this fish, which I don't know why in my brain I imagine it with like a pH or something. <laughs> so, so how it's made. Um, it's actually very, very complicated. But So what they do is they start out by uh, putting a fish under anesthesia. And so that, this way, the, the fish isn't actually harmed. It can actually go on to, to live its life. And they take a sample of the fish's cells. They separate out the cells, and they're looking for muscle stem cells. They take those stem cells, and they put it in a nutrient solution. Uh, it's kind of like a broth that has, you know, everything it would need to get the cells to replicate. And then they put that solution in a bioreactor, which is this, like, kind of looks like a tank. And the water is um, agitated so that the cells don't stick together. And basically, the cells grow and multiply because they think that they're still inside the body because all of the, like, the environment's right. Then they take that um, cell solution, and they mix it with a nutritious liquid called bio-ink. And then they 3D print that into a shape, like a lay or like a uh, pokeball cube. It's essentially tricking the body into thinking that it's inside and then creating something that could be replicated over and over again. So is it possible that one sample from one fish could create, like, infinite fillets, or is there only, like, a limitation to it? Yeah, they, what they told me was that, like, one sample can create billions, if not trillions, of cells. So the idea is that this doesn't have to be done regularly. You could just, like, do it once, and then from there, you know, grow a, a ton of, of fish tissue. And in the world of meat... Fish is neither love it or hate it. There are people who hate fish and will never, never touch it. But when it comes to adding this level of science to food, that often creates a kind of distrust 
to it. So how are they planning on marketing this when it is finally ready to be sold alongside real fillets? I think that's a problem that actually hasn't been figured out yet. Um, and it, just the reaction that I got from people who read the story shows the, the problem that they will have. So you had about 50% of the readers immediately say, no, I would never try lab-created fish. That's unnatural. It's disgusting. And then you had the other half of people who said, I would definitely do this because this is the only sustainable way to keep having fish. So I think that it's an incredibly important to this industry to get the language right. You know, it's definitely a, a marketing challenge. How do we get people to think of this as clean meat that's good for the planet and not like some lab-created frankenfish? Um, honestly, I think that they have a very difficult road ahead of them when it comes to marketing because uh, it's people have generally not liked this idea of food created in labs. But when you consider the environmental implications of something like this, so instead of having to have fish farms or going out and fishing as overfishing is a massive problem mm -hmm. we are facing, this is a way of solving that problem and still providing food to people. So what are the backers of this technology? Like, who are the behind the scenes uh, funding this? Oh, that's a good question. There's a there's kind of a collection of investors. I asked them if they if this was what, what we call like educated money. Like, do they actually know a lot about the field of tissue engineering? And um, they actually said, no, not really, because there isn't anyone out there that's educated in this particular topic. Um, so that's always a good thing to know because because the science is so early, we don't know if this is going to work at scale. So I wanted to know, are the investors the kind of people who are familiar with the kind of challenges that might come forward? And apparently there are, there are not a lot of investors in that field who can uh, back a company like this. And it seems like when it comes to food technology, we're kind of at a a second revolution in a sense. Like, I think back to the food science of the 50s that generated the wonders of, you know, the Hot Pocket or the Steakum, and it seems like we're doing something different with vegan and alternative meat and food. Yeah, well, one thing that these guys made a really a really good point, they actually have a background in the food science industry. They're working for, like, companies like Nestle and ConAgra. And they made a good point that people tend to think food is natural, that it's actually still created in a lab and, and made in a similar way. And these guys were like, honestly, there's nothing more like unnatural about this than like yogurt or anything else that's made in a food factory. I think that there's just kind of a veil between the consumer um, and how the food is made. And they think that maybe they're getting something that's more you know, natural and close to the source than it actually is. In fact, one of these companies that's doing cell-based beef uh, told me that that they actually think that the process of how we treat like cattle is actually more unnatural than growing beef in a lab. So it's all kind of how you look at it. And certainly these new companies, they need to show that they're different. And when you explain it that way, it does really cause people to rethink how we currently get our food, which has its pros and cons to what the future is likely going to have to be with population mm -hmm. growth and the environment and everything. Yeah. And I should add that um, there's a good chance that the marketing is going to be a little more effective with the younger generation, the people who are more familiar with with uh, the idea of alternative foods, or maybe they've just been uh, the generation that's grown up with like vegan being really popular. It's something that they, they look for. Uh, so not obviously these products are not, I don't think they would be considered vegan because right, they're still made out of animal Certainly. products. Um, but I think that that generation is going to be more open to the idea. All right, Brittany Myling, thank you so much. Thank you. In other business news, a North Park apartment building has sold for a record $13.3 million. The 41-unit Versailles apartment complex at 3929 Kansas Street marks the highest amount ever paid for a previously built North Park apartment building. The Versailles apartments were built in 1966. 
the new owners plan to renovate the property. The sale suggests the lure of North Park is still strong and that rents are likely to continue rising. They're currently around $1,300 a month. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. Check out some of our other podcasts, too. The Conversation features topical interviews with newsmakers, and Hot Lava is our podcast about all things Padres. Go to sandiegouniontribune.com slash podcasts for more. Until next time.